You're listening to Save Yourself, conversations, ideas, and strategic thinking with the four founders of Unlimited Wealth. Join us for discussions, debates, and strategies that have brought them and their clients financial freedom, and how you too can break free from traditional boundaries to unlimit your wealth. Welcome everybody to episode two of Save Yourself Podcast, brought to you by Unlimit Wealth. Hey guys, welcome back again. Thanks for coming back. We got Brad and John here today, and I'm Jordan. Uh, I'm going to be kind of quarterback in some of these conversations. Really, today we want to talk, kind of dig a little bit more into infinite banking as a solution. But before we get into a solution, I would love you guys' help with setting the table. What's the reality that here in 2023, for those listening to the podcast, regardless of what they do, how much money they have, what their net worth is, just talk macro level just for a few moments about some of the challenges that we're facing maybe as a society, culture, et cetera, and then we can kind of dig into, all right, well, what do we do about it? I mean, that's a lot to unpack there, Jordan. I, I would say, you know, you spoke to it a little bit in episode one when you talked about using 40, 50, 60-year-old solutions to try to solve present-day challenges, right? So we all know what's happened with rates lately. You can get a mortgage at you know, 2% or less 24 months ago, not so much right now, right? Cost of capital has risen. Obviously, that's a fluid thing, though. Things change, right? Rates go up, rates go down. That'll move. Uh, we'll see how they go in the future. But, you know, you can't expect financial tools that were created in a environment in the 70s or 80s for the challenges of those environments to still perform as well current day, right? So we need to have maybe some more different uncommon solutions. That's where infinite banking will play in. We'll talk about some of those solutions you know, later on in the episode, but we've got record debt. The national debt is above $30 trillion now, and it's only speeding up. Our government only gets money in one way, and that's with taxes, right? And if we want to pay the debt off or even keep up with the interest, that means taxes has to go up. So are we being as efficient with our dollars as we can to try to make sure that we're insulated with the tools that we have to work with to protect ourselves from those some of those kind of challenges? John, what would you add? Yeah, I think it's the noise. The biggest challenge is all the noise. I mean, the age of the internet with these cell phones, I mean, there is just it's just nonstop. I mean, we're getting hit up every which way you turn by all types of so-called gurus, financial entertainers. Finfluencers? Yeah, financial influencers. New, new to me. You get your TikTok? New, you got that set up I'm yet? Four, I'm in my 40s, man. I'm okay. getting old. I mean, there's just so much noise, and it's hard to tell, to tease out, like, what is real, what's not. That To me, that is the biggest challenge, and that seems to have increased steadily with time as technology goes on. I think it will continue to. That's a, a big challenge. And you know, the opportunities are actually better than ever. So let me play devil's advocate. So we talked in the last episode about how infinite banking has really kind of burst onto the scene. I think in more common spheres of influence and, and, and just more mediums now in the last couple of years specifically. So that has also given a platform for more people to also take infinite banking directly to the consumer with a YouTube channel or a podcast how can we, with this podcast, with Save Yourself and Unlimit Wealth, 
what are we going to be able to do to try to cut through the, that noise specifically as it as it relates to infinite banking? What we're going to do is is offer very straightforward, easy to understand, not talking above you education that is not only relevant, it's practical. Some of these strategies have been around for 200 years. You know, we're going to focus on what the wealthy have been doing and are currently doing to gain more freedom, if that's what somebody's going for, get more time back. And that's, that's it. I mean, one interesting thing that we learned from Nelson Nash is that the biggest hindrance or obstacle for us as human beings to succeed almost in anything, but also financially, is our behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. the behavior. Yep. That's a tough one. Yeah, because nobody wants to do the stuff that's hard, right? Mm-mm. But in the stuff that's hard, generally what gets you where you want to go, right? Can you dream about getting in shape and wake up in shape? Or do you actually got to do the hard stuff, put in the work, like eat the stuff that you don't want to, not eat the stuff that you want to, to get to where you want to go, right? Yeah, and I mean, one of the, some of them are, you know, the arrival syndrome. It's, I know everything there is to know. I don't really need to know anything new. I think what we all have figured out is the more we learn, especially about well solutions and well strategies, is how much more there is to learn. Like it's an it's it's not a destination. It's a journey, and it, it never ends. Yeah. And so that kind of thinking, we're we're pretty anti the arrival syndrome. I don't know some Yahoo in Congress, like way back in the day, proposed an amendment to close the patent office because everything. Yahoo is a great word, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, only brought to you by Birmingham, Alabama. Sorry. Some some uh, not-so-intelligent person in Congress back in the day proposed that they shut down the patent office because everything had been invented. I mean, can you imagine? Well, that was back – that was like 100 years ago, yeah, too. That was in the early 19th century. Long yeah. time. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's like before they had, you know, like – air conditioning and microwaves and motor vehicles and stuff. So, I mean, it's a great point. It's what we're trying to do here is isolate the behavioral economics and spend some time on that of what people need to be doing because you don't know what you don't know, right? And you can't avoid things if you don't know that they're there. And that's what we are going to try to talk about today before we get into the infinite banking solution. Brad, talk a little bit more John mentioned the arrival syndrome specifically. What are some other things, as we've kind of learned from Nelson, from Become Your Own Banker, what are some things that have resonated with you that you've tried to teach your clients to kind of look out for when it comes to behavior? I mean, what I see most prevalent, specifically about what Nelson wrote about in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, is is Parkinson's Law. You know, most people would understand that as keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm -hmm. My neighbor just got the shiny new BMW. I probably need it too, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever the case may be, you know, we all meet with people regularly where their income doesn't translate to their net worth, right? And so that's what we're trying to help people understand is how to, you know, our job as advisors ultimately is to help people's net worth grow, right? You help somebody's net worth grow. Everybody's net worth grows when assets go up and expenses go down. Well, how can we best do that, right, across everything? Look, look at everything we're doing and, and how to do that, but – you know, the Parkinson's law, the I got to have, you know, what my neighbor's got or whatever is one of the biggest challenges we face because, frankly, everybody strives for instant gratification. A lot of the challenges that are faced in the world is because instant gratification was chased after as opposed to doing thing a tried and true, slow, methodical way to get to a known result. You take a bunch of risk and try to get it quicker, and a lot of times that doesn't work out for you. 
Sure doesn't. John, you mentioned before, possibly in the last episode, the players in the game, who's in control. Nelson was really big about this concept. Do you want to kind of play that out? Because if we don't know – I mean, life is a game. Money is a game to be played. And understanding the players in the game and how to play the game is really important before you just embark on some journey and help you win. Sure. I mean, you know, it's like you can tell your children, life is a game. You know, you can't you can't check out. You better learn the rules and try to have fun and win. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it pays to be a winner mm-hmm. in life. Real life example, so closed on a commercial deal about a month and a half ago. And there was a company behind me hoping the deal would fall through. The reason the deal didn't fall through is because I had speed to capital. And how did mm-hmm. I have speed to capital? By using someone else's money. I leveraged someone else's money in a very safe, creative way to purchase said property. Got some depreciation. Love that. Mm-hmm. Would the somebody else's money happen to be in a life insurance company? It was. Oh. It was. Can't believe At it. 4%, never to be higher. Wow. Can you believe that? That's pretty I solid. haven't even made a loan repayment yet, but I will. I'm going to set up that schedule because you can't steal from yourself. You know, Nelson was big on that. Can't steal the piece. Can't steal the piece. Mm -hmm. You cannot steal from yourself. You know, if we treat our money with the same respect that the bank does, then we can get ahead. Meaning, I mean, aren't your dollars just worth as much money to Mm -hmm. you than to the bank? More, I hope. Sure. I mean, I had to create those dollars, right? I had to earn those dollars in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it go back to this unavoidable truth that we finance everything we buy, meaning, you know, we can either pay cash and lose the opportunity to, to earn interest because we paid cash, or we can borrow someone else's money and pay them interest for the use and privilege of theirs. Hmm. So what we were taught, or at least I was, was like pay cash. Well, when we run the math about what that costs us to do that, because those dollars can no longer earn for us. I mean, it just makes me sick. It's staggering. It just, Mm -hmm. and with interest, you know, if you go back really from the Great Recession, interest rates have been so low that we have not been getting paid any interest on our bank deposits. So I think it's tricked us into thinking that our money doesn't have a value. But Mm -hmm. fortunately, with rates coming up, now it's like, okay, huh. Mm. They're they're starting to pay a little bit. Maybe that'll help, help that. But I remember saying, no, Nelson, there's not a cost. I pay cash for my truck. He was like, well, where did the money come from? I was like, well, I sold some Apple stock, and that, that was up in that. And then I sold one where I was – What year was that, I know, John? It makes me sick. <laughs> makes me sick. Future episode, John's tears about us selling his Apple stock. I know. Oops. Uh, and he was like, well, where's Apple today? And I was like, ah, you got me. You're right. There, mm. It's always there. Mm. So let's follow that track a little bit further before we start kind of – peeling back the onion one more layer into infinite banking specifically and just talk a little bit more about if if life is a game and it's to be played and making money is a game to be played we can all agree that the banking world sits atop they run the show i mean they they, they're the ones that are they have the gold they make the rules they dictate things on a, even a congressional federal level of how things are going to function and dictate, you know, who does what with the money all the way down to the you and me level. So when Brad, when it comes to that, if we know that that's the case, what are we to do 
in light of that. So let's let's give let's tar- start talking actual, you know, action items or solutions. In light of that, is there a way out? Like, wh- where's the life raft in in this example here? Well, so everything you just laid out there, you know, if if somebody needs if you need access to capital, you, you're either going to use your own, you're going to use somebody else's, right? Typically, if you use somebody else's, i.e., the bank, you got to play by their rules, right? If I want to go buy an investment property right now and I want to use the bank's money, I'm not going to be able to close on that deal day after tomorrow. Yeah, a while. Or, and, and, and it's going to be a little while, especially mm-hmm. since because I hadn't started that process yet. But even if the deal goes through, they'll wait on me to get the capital. I get the deal for the price that I want to get the deal for. I had to pay what the bank told me. It's due on the day of the month. They said, if this investment deal is slow to get off the ground, they don't care. You know, they want their payment monthly, whatever, mm-hmm. however they're going to get it. Right. And they, they control how much they're willing to give me for this particular piece of property, regardless of what it appraised for. They may, they may give me 80%, 70, 60, who knows. Right. But if I have control of my own pool of capital, whatever that looks like, then I get to make those rules. John just gave a great example of that. He made the rules with that transaction. And so he was able to circumvent the bank, circumvent the paperwork. I don't know what the, the business he was in competition for uh, with for the deal. I don't know if they were trying to use the bank's capital of their own. They were. So they had a much longer runway to access that capital than John did. And they didn't even get to make the rules about the capital once they had it. So we're in an age of opportunity right now, it seems especially on the real estate side of things, even entrepreneurial side of things, the business owners we work for, there's a lot of success out there, but capital's not as easy to get your hands on as it once was, as it used to be, both in the cost of it and the speed of acquisition of the capital. But if you control those two factors, then opportunity will find you. Yeah, I mean, that that's, goes to what Nelson always said. He's like, if you have, if you have access to capital, deals will seek you out. Mm-hmm. And that's just truth. Yeah. And, you know, we see it with our clients for sure. I think taxes, inflation, stock market volatility, those are always going to be there, right? And the good news is, at least for our savings dollars, and we're talking about the money you don't want to lose, you can't afford to lose it, might be earmarked for a future purchase. We're talking about with your savings dollars to help out with that inflation piece, to uh, eliminate some volatility with your savings. We think investments are good, and and th- they play a p- they play a role in in your whole financial plan. But in regards to your safe money, if you can eliminate some of that volatility and have more, how, how do you say, it, Brad? You say you have we have more certainty or clarity about where those dollars are going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, really, this is about controlling the banking function. That's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about. Well, what's the rate of return? You know, I mean, that's important too, and we're gonna we're gonna tackle that one. But it's about controlling the banking function. That's what that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And well, ho- go ahead. Yeah, Nelson always said you should be in two businesses, right? The one that makes you money, the one that you're trained and educated and 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 doing, and then the banking business as well. Because, as he says, banking exists. You would either acknowledge it or not. Yeah, Nelson's words were banking is. Mm-hmm. That's the way he would say. Yeah, period. Yeah. And he would leave it and yeah. sit there and you know just sit in silence for five or six <laughs> seconds. Yeah, sip a little of sip coffee. of his coffee. Yeah, and maybe you know chuckle <laughs> to himself a little bit. But the the point he was trying to deliver is 
this is a reality. You can either pretend it's not here or you can start to wake up and realize that it is here. So then that leads us to he realized with his story when he was upside down on real estate, when interest rates spiked in the late 70s, early 80s, and he said, man, I have this life insurance policy. I guess I could borrow against it to start to refinance some of this debt I owe on this property or this land. Well, that that was not a new concept, you know, but he he realized that he cut through what, you know, a, a reality and found it out of thin air. He just didn't ever realize it was there until mm-hmm. then, until he needed it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to get to with infinite banking is that it's a reality where it's there to take advantage of. We just have to open our eyes and start doing it and start taking an action. So my question to you would be, John, talk about, you know, what does that look like? How do people actually say, okay, I I get the idea, the noise, I get the problems, I get the challenges I have, I feel them. What do I need to do to start fighting back? I think we hopefully help people fight back from an unwillingness to learn Mm. or maybe a lack of open-mindedness to new concepts, new ideas. I mean, that's, that's normal. What specifically are they, do you find that the people that maybe have an unwillingness to learn, what are the things that they're kind of fighting against themselves? So, you know, have a lot of business owners in the agribusiness world. I mean, they're, they're entrepreneurs, you know, and they tell me, you know, I understand that this makes sense. I understand, but we were, they just say we were as children, it was just hammered into us that you that debt was bad. You know, debt was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, even says in the Bible, mm-hmm. talks about it, you know, and what we're talking about is leveraging your savings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about, you know, the more wealth has been created in this world via leverage than any other source. Amen. Yep. Is that, is that accurate? I, I mean, I don't have like physical data or in reference points, but I mean, we know this to be true. And so the other obstacle that is sitting on the sidelines, I mean, how many people, you know, we have so many real estate entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, and then you have all these people like, I want to get in real estate. I want to do deals, but they just can't get in the game. Just do one. You know, you can, I mean, eventually, I mean, how many years of learning does it take before you're like, just do one, just get in the game. So that's, that's where our slogan, that's where the name of the podcast came in is you got to get in the game. So, Brad, help us out. What is infinite banking? Ooh, that's a big question. So I would say infinite banking, you know, I get asked this a lot from, you know, current clients, from new people. You you say like, hey, I help people uh, know and understand infinite banking. Well, what is even that, right? You know, infinite banking, we've talked about it a lot, is, is kind of twofold. It's process and it's product. Or you might even substitute process with mindset. It's how do you think, how do you behave, right? And then there's product that goes along with that. So I think it's more important how you behave. We can illustrate that with calculators. Like you said earlier, you mentioned an an idea of treating your capital like it costs the same as a bank's capital, right? That's a term called EVA, economic value added, right? I would tell you the deal that you just did, if it would have cost you seven and a quarter to get that capital from the bank. Wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. That, right. that deal wouldn't have penciled out. Right. But I, whatever the bank was going to charge you for it, 
you should replace your own capital at that rate. 100%. Because that's what fair market value for capital is right now, right? Even though you have access to it at 4%, there's you should you should replace it at seven because that's what seven and a quarter whatever they're going to charge you because that's what cost of capital is in the open market right so it's more behavior how do we treat our capital and what are we doing with it when i say capital we're talking about the savings dollars like you mentioned john a minute ago those dollars that are safe liquid that are earmarked for a purpose that we're hopefully looking to deploy to take advantage of opportunity right when we take advantage of that opportunity we can't treat that capital like it was free because there's no such thing. You've, you've already laid that out. So, And then the product side is uh, what we found and what uh, Nelson taught and what we see when we just do the math is the most efficient place for capital to be to do this idea is in a properly structured dividend-paying whole life insurance contract structured for cash and not for death benefit. right? And we get it as lean as we can per IRS limits. We're going to get into that uh, in the next episode. So uh, come back in in episode three when we talk when we talk a little deeper about product design. But it's kind of twofold. You ask, what is infinite banking? I say it's 80% process, 20% product. Agreed. I think about it as just in regards to the the safe, safe money is it's just a better warehouse for those dollars. Mm. And that warehouse has some really nice tax benefits, depending on your state, has some credit protection. We're going to get into this deeper. But with that warehouse comes a line of credit. Mm-hmm. And the where our dollars inside, as you said, a properly structured dividend-paying whole life insurance contract built for cash, those dollars are going to grow in an uninterrupted way. And they're going to continue to compound, regardless of the fact that I've got a monster loan on to buy a commercial building but now i have my i got my dollars to do two things mm-hmm. and that was a really click for me it was like wait a minute everything else is this and or or it's like i can i can buy apple stock or i can try to take down this real estate deal was, you got to make this choice and then when i realized man i can do both and have the freedom the flexibility and the peace of mind with it that i think that that's what clicked for me personally and so another thing that we believe, which we, you know, was, was really drilled into us by Nelson, was that everyone should, should have two forms of income, active income and passive income. You know, for you, the listener, active income is how you, you go out and trade time for dollars to support your family, support yourself. And that's good. You need to be in that. But everyone also needs passive income. That's mailbox money. Mm-hmm. And both are important. Mm-hmm. And the passive really, it, it, it's, it's liberating. It, free, mm-hmm. it frees people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point that echoes our last episode and the point we kept making with th- the traditional models don't work. Because if the traditional models did work, then would people need passive income for retirement purposes? Uh, they would have their pensions, 401ks, their, you know, all that stuff that would be more than enough Social Security to take and handle all of that. And that, you know, not that those don't work, but the last 20 years, really the last 10, everyone's passive income, whether it's through a side hustle or a second or third kind of thing they're trying to set up so that it can kick off money, obviously through real estate, obviously through business equity, obviously hard money lending. These are all 
these are all things that we see in real time that people are getting into. And all we want to try to do, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is we just want to partner with them as to where the capital needs to reside before you know it goes and in, in either in, injects into those deals directly or a place for it to reside in between. Yeah, and that's a point I want to drive home for the listener especially. So I know we're just in episode two. We're going to unpack this for years to come. Uh, but uh, but now, early on, I want to make sure the, the listener understands that, you know, we, we're, like you said, John, t- there's something that everybody does to trade their time for money. That's one piece of how they get income, whether uh, they're a W-2 person, uh, but especially if somebody is a, r- a real estate investor, entrepreneur, business owner, any of those things the greatest multiplication of their dollar they can get is to create more dollars to invest in what they know and understand, mm-hmm. whether that's real estate, whether that's their own business, whether that's their entrepreneurial endeavors. That's where we come in. We're not we're not trying to get them to sacrifice growing that or doing more of that to do what we're talking about. We want to show them and come alongside them and how they can partner with us, put the infinite banking strategy to play to make what they're doing perform even better than it already is and to give them more capital to use to do that with. 100%. Next episode, we're going to get really granular in in the design. Correct. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, we're going to get kind of dive into, for those that want to get into the the weeds and the and actual composition of the tool that we use because there's even some – Amongst the infinite banking circles, some delineation on, you know, what that even looks like. And, you know, again, we're here to just kind of give you our take on what that should be and how we position these things for our clients and how we would for you as well if you decide to take action, save yourself and jump into something like this. John and Brad, really good uh, conversation. I want to give you both an opportunity to send us out uh, with a last thought before we wrap up. John, you got anything? Yeah, I think, you know, if if anyone ever has read or does read Becoming Your Own Banker, one concept that Nelson lays out is that he uses the analogy that all bodies of water are connected. And he also lays out that all money, it's just everyone's dealing with one pool of money. And it, that money has to flow. I mean, it's in different currencies, different denominations, but there really is just one pool of money and that money's got to flow and it's good for it to flow. We just want people to, we're not here to say, Hey, you're doing this. You should do something different. If you're doing something that's working, we're, we don't, we don't want to mess with that. We want to enhance what you're doing and and give you more opportunities to take down deals or more opportunities to live a, a, a more stress free life. Yeah. And I would just wrap it up. You know, we're trying to lay out, exactly what is infinite banking here at the end of this episode you asked that question right big question let's just try to make it really simple we kind of talked about a lot of things infinite banking is just a solution for where to have your liquid savings dollars so that you can do the things that you're already doing more efficiently simple as that that's right yeah and we'll we'll talk about how how it's built how to use it how to take money how to put money back you know what the life insurance processes look you know looks like and we'll get into that next episode uh john one more thing yeah and i mean a lot of this is about you know having more options and more choices you know we're not against 
uh, traditional uh, lending institutions at all. We use them when it makes sense. We just like ourselves and our clients to have that option. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, when I look to do a deal, I'm going to see what what the cost of capital looks like from a, a traditional lending institution. Every time. Do of the co- math. Of course. Yeah. And there's a lot of times we, we, we advise people, hey, use use tr- traditional lending um, you know, capital and keep your powder dry, mm-hmm. meaning your your personal line of credit for your family yeah. banking system. We have time to use the bank's capital on this deal because we're not in a time crunch. You may need some powder like what you just did. Well, we got to get capital in 72 hours, so let's make sure we're prepared for that. That's right. It's all about control, guys. That's what we're going to talk about, hopefully ongoing, and just continue to repeat that same concept over and over so people can save themselves. For John Blaylock and Brad Lowe, I'm Jordan Cole. Thank you for tuning in to Save Yourself Podcast with Unlimited Wealth. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Save Yourself, conversations, ideas, and strategic thinking with the four founders of Unlimited Wealth. To learn more about Unlimited Wealth or to make a personal appointment, visit us online at unlimitwealth.com. <laughs>